The Power 40 podcast is an uplifting faith-based podcast that speaks to all that is going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational real life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. We all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that make us who we are. As we depict periods of people's lives where the idea of the number 40 is played out, we will learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. I'm your host, Danica Tramberg. Today, I'm joined by Admirals Cole Schneider, who started 10 years ago um, when the Williamsville, New York um, native joined an AHL team. And after two impressive years of playing college hockey at the University of Connecticut, um, back then, the undrafted rookie was hardly an impact player, scoring just two points in his first 11 AHL games. But I think uh, you've only gotten better from there. Welcome. Hi, how you doing? Good. Um, so just to start, I mean, give us a little background of that, like your time playing at Connecticut and then going to AHL and, and just that experience. Well, when I was first looking at colleges, you know, UConn wasn't a big school at the time and every kid grows up dreaming of playing in the NHL. So I was just like everyone else pretending I was so-and-so in the NHL in the driveway and stuff like that. So uh, after signing out of Connecticut, there hadn't been that many guys. So it was kind of a big deal for me and uh, helped me achieve a lifelong goal. That's awesome. Um, And I mean, you're like a true hockey player. Like you're missing a tooth. How did that happen? (laughs) I I got hit in the face with a stick. Oh my uh, gosh. I have a fake tooth, but um, one of my roommate's dogs ate one one time and it was my head. So uh, I think people regularly recognize me now with a tooth in. So it's kind of oh my, my gosh, that's awesome. Was that painful? Does that happen often? Well, it, it happens more than you think. Uh, probably should have had a mouth guard in. Maybe I would have still had it, but here we are. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> obviously, that's like one sacrifice you make, right? Your face. <laughs> yeah. Um, too, so. What are some other sacrifices that you've had along the way, along your hockey journey? Um, yeah, just that you've had to go through, whether it's like giving up, you know, things in school because you want to pursue hockey or, you know, what are some of those sacrifices along the way? I mean, it started in high school, really, um, normal high school kids get to hang out with their friends all the time. And if you want to be a competitive hockey player, you have to travel a lot. So I, uh, missed a lot of weekends in, in high school with my friends to go make sure I give myself a chance to be a hockey player. How much time are you are you putting into the sport? Like back then, how what did you have to do for practice and and games and being with teams? I mean, it's pretty expensive as a kid, obviously. So uh, my parents did a lot for me. You know, the the older you get, the more you got to put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, you can only get on the ice so many times a week. So once you start getting older, you got to take full advantage of all the opportunities you get. Was hockey always something that was a passion of yours? Yeah, I mean, my dad was a coach before I started playing, and he was a big baseball guy, but um, so I played baseball too, but I just really fell in love with hockey more. That's awesome. What are some, like, the fav- your favorite aspects of the game that um, makes you love it so much? I mean, it's always nice scoring a goal. Yeah. I think. <laughs> uh, just the team aspect of it, getting getting wins with your friends and 
it always feels good. You're a lot more happy after games when you win than when you lose and you sit around the locker room and no one's really talking. So definitely winning with your teammates. Yeah. And the team aspect, I know I was talking to one of your teammates a couple of days ago and he came from like some other programs and different leagues. And he said, it really becomes like a small like community. Like it's this hockey world is smaller than you think. Like all of a sudden, you know, people all over the place. Cause it's just like a tight knit group of people. Um, yeah, have you I had mean, that experience? Guys played with other guys everywhere you go. So when you, you're the new guy on a team, that's pretty tight knit. Like you could just talk to a few other guys and it really brings you into the circle. You know, you move to a new city and sometimes it's hard to make friends, especially if you're just for like a normal job. So when you move to a, a new city for hockey, you automatically have 20 friends. So it makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier. When you were taking all this time, like growing up and putting all this effort into just being the best you could be at the sport, did it feel like it was going to be attainable, like reaching a level where you're playing at a, a super, you know, competitive level, basically, did that feel like you could get there or I mean, you always dream about it when you're growing up and then you get older and you realize how much it takes and how hard it is. And then it, it kind of fades away a little bit, but at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're always thinking of, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer. And then once you finally get there, it feels good. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what have been some difficult parts of following that dream or chasing that dream? There's a a junior league, the USHL and that's the top league in the United States. And when I was getting to that age to play on that team, I got drafted and then I got cut. And then the next year I played pretty good in another junior league. I thought I had a chance to make another team, got cut again. So that was probably one of the hardest moments in my hockey career. It kind of put in my head, like, I think I'm good enough to be on this team, but mm-hmm. I'm getting cut. I'm getting cut. And it kind of like set me back a little bit mentally, but I just yeah. kept going and going and then, end up at UConn, which at the time was in a, a powerhouse school in hockey. And so I'm just going to school for uh, pre-pharmacy actually. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to get the best job I can get kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then I started playing a lot and playing well. And then I realized that I could maybe make this a career. That's so cool. I think you mentioned a few things that I think are so important too, like the mental aspect of the game. I know I compete. So I competed in pageants. I played basketball too, but then I came, went over into the pageant side of the world. And, you know, some of these girls are competing and competing and they're like in the top five, five years in a row and never make it. And like that mental toll, because you think like, I did my best. I did all I could. Like, I don't see what, like, what don't they see in me? Um, you just really have to have some mental toughness. What was that like mental journey like for you? Well, I don't think anyone else ever really understands what you're going through. And it was, it was pretty hard on me at the time getting cut from those teams. Cause I thought I was good enough to make it. And mm-hmm. sometimes other aspects go into things, but I just kept working and I don't know. I just, that's really what I wanted to do. So I kept working hard at it and now I uh, finally achieved my goal. That's awesome. What would be like advice you would give to a young person who is, suffered basically rejection if it's in a job or you know whatever it is like what what would you tell them there's always other teams I think you know I found another team and it it ended up being a better spot for me Um, I could have went to maybe a different school or a different team and maybe not played as much so 
I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. And I went to other places and ended up playing more than I would have there. So I think that really helped me a lot. Yeah, that's so true. It's, I think finding the silver lining in every situation is so important in life too, because where, you know, you didn't, your plan A wasn't maybe necessarily where you got to go, but your next option was maybe better, like a better path for your life. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of talking about like plan A or plan B, um, studying pre-farm, like that's phenomenal. What, um, I know a lot of these guys, there's, you know, a shelf life for the sport, right? Like any sport you can only play until however, um, you know, what is like your process look like after hockey? Um, do a lot of these people like know what they're going to do or, you know, that transition has got to be hard because you're living your whole life for this sport. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's a shelf life for all of us athletes and I don't think we really think about it till it's over. You know, mm-hmm. you want to stay in, in the game as long as you can. And I mean, I think everyone's path goes a different way. Some guys want to stay in the game and others can get other jobs elsewhere. But um, like I said, I don't think you really think about that. You want to just play as long as you can. Yeah. What uh, do you have a plan? Do you know what kind of you want to do or how much longer are you playing? As long as my body holds up, I think uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to stay in the game. I mean, it's been my whole life, um, pretty much all I've known for 31 years. So uh, I'd like to stay in the game. Yeah. What um, What would you say to like young kids who want to pursue hockey or any professional sport, like on, on that professional level, um, about just following their dreams and achieving them? I just say never give up, you know, like I said, I was, I've been cut from teams here and there and just keep going through and eventually hopefully you'll get to where you want to be. That's awesome. All right. Well, as we close out today and just reflect on the power 40 in our lives, maybe trials we're going through or have overcome. I think that we understand we'll continue to experience the good and the bad that life throws our way. And 40 also significant in regards to time. Um, And if you had just 40 minutes, Cole, to impact the world, where do you think you would start and what would you say? I don't know. I think I'd go back to my hometown and see what I could do for the people in my neighborhood. You know, uh, I always try to be a good person and, you know, you pass someone on the side of the road who needs some money and if I got some, I try to give it to them and just, Mm -hmm. just be a good person. Yeah. It's, I think that's so true. Like, just helping one person that could change the trajectory of their day and they could go out and, you know, make 10 other people smile and have a good day. I think you never know what people are going through. And so being able to impact someone, whether it's on a large scale or a small scale is going to make a difference. Absolutely. You know, every morning I try to say hello to everyone and put a smile on my face, whether it's how I'm feeling or not, but Mm -hmm. just help each other through the day. I love that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And for more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. You can also stream the podcast in your preferred streaming service. For more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. Also stream the podcast on your preferred streaming service.